In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm I can't think of anything good. I forgot what these episodes are about. I'm your not host, Evan. I'm a murderous dreamwalker living in the house of Usher, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering NBC's Constantine, which can be found at DC Unlimited. If yeah. you want to subscribe, if you want to pay your real human money that you worked hard for, but you to... you can find it somewhere else. I'm sure it's, just, it's the modern age. Doom, before Doom we get Patrol in... is currently out, and I'm keeping a, a hold on this bad bad service just so I can get a little bit of that good good Doom Patrol. Not to mention Young Justice is very good. Also mm. good. And Titans. Anyway, let's continue. And Titans is not very good. But <laughs> Titans is, sure is something that exists on that network that you can pay money for. But before we get into all this good, good wizardry, I have a question. Do you? How long should a television series be? Or not mm. series, season. How long should a TV season be? Mm. <sighs> Because here's the deal. Dragon Prince came out this weekend. Second season. The second season. And Evan and I started it last night. And we finished it very early this morning. And I'm very mad that it was nine 20-minute episodes. That's some bullshit. Want more. Want more. That's not a TV. That's not a season of television. Ronnie, do you watch Dragon Prince? Even if you do, you should say no so I can talk about how this show is awesome. Evan, you know that I'm always going to give you the opportunity to school me on something, and you very much get the opportunity. I don't even know what Dragon Prince is. Oh, yeah. All right, Dragon Prince is a television show on Netflix. I shouldn't even say television show. We don't have television. Television isn't a thing that exists anymore as far television as Television is dead. Television is dead. Um, the Dragon Prince is a Netflix show. It's made by the same fellows... Uh, that did last ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to clarify. I'm not sure if it's the same director or the same writers. Uh, it's Possibly like the, I believe it's the same creative team. Okay. It's like a bunch of the same people. But yeah, same people who did Avatar The Last Airbender um, and the same people who were involved in Voltron Legendary Defender, which is also an excellent show. And I've been forever and ever and ever saying, like, why in fantasy settings do we limit ourselves to the problems of the modern world, like with racism and homophobia and stuff like that. Like, this is a fantasy setting. Everything's made up. You can do anything you want. Ronnie, Ronnie, this show, the king is black, the prince is black, they got black elves, they got Asian elves, they got, uh, like, just people of color all up in there. All the fantasy races are, like... Really great uh, representation for disabilities as well. You can, you can, you can talk about, uh... Aunt Amaya, if you want. Oh, I do love her. I love Aunt Amaya. She's deaf and doesn't speak, but she does, like, real-life sign language. Mm-hmm. And she has a translator who translates for her. An interpreter. Yeah. And um, she's just the fucking most badass character on this whole goddamn show, and I am obsessed with her. The she's real, the coolest. The real. There's also a blind uh, pirate captain in this uh 
season. The real cool thing about their portrayal of disabilities is that they portray them as, uh, like, inconvenient. Like, disabilities do have drawbacks, but they also uh, sprinkle in every now and then little ways in which, uh, like, for example, Amaya's using sign language uh, turns out to actually be an advantage in an unexpected way, but not in a way that makes it seem like a superpower or something that's patronizing. Uh, and then also there's a canon lesbian couple in season two and they're, and they're, they're the uh, monarchs, they're queens, they're in charge of shit. Oh, it's so cool. It's such a good that show. Cool. That uh, all sounds very, very good. Also sorry, with Amaya, I'm... everyone's, uh, lines are subtitled. So if you are deaf, like you can enjoy the show, her lines are not subtitled. So you only know exactly what she's saying if her, um, interpreter is that the mm-hmm. word interpreter is there or uh if you can like read sign because there's quite a few moments where it's just her on screen and she um signs without her interpreter around and you only get that dialogue if you can read sign language which i think is really interesting and is a nice uh you know um like hint that maybe we should subtitle everything yeah for sure i want to i want to like i love what you're saying and I love what you're saying to the extent that I'm going to nine episodes, even though they're 20 minutes, animation's a different animal. And if you got somebody animating someone doing sign the whole time, that's, I know. that's some heavy lifting. They're putting in the work. Yeah, I know. They, I know they are. That's, I mean, my, com- my only complaint about the show is that there's not enough of it. Like what? Right. You know, because the like, first season was short too. Mm-hmm. Nine episodes is, is not enough. I want more meat. It is a unique animation technique also. I don't know if it is more or less difficult than traditional animation. It seems like it would be more difficult. I can't say for sure because I'm not an animator. But yeah. it's real cool. I'm into um, this. This is on Netflix? Yeah. It's on yeah. Netflix. It's You can watch it right now for free. All right. I'll, also, see, you guys. I'll see you guys later. I'm just kidding. We got, we got a podcast to record. I would say the sh- appro- the right length for a show is probably about, you know, 12 one-hour episodes. Yeah, that's what I, I would agree. That yeah. that would, g- given the, the, that's exactly as much as I can stand to watch for ending pending. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> continue making shows of exactly that length. Could you imagine good, if all the shows we watched more. were good? If all the shows we watched were good, then it would be like, oh, 12 episodes, this is the perfect length. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alas. It's divisible by four. It's great. Great number. I really do feel like 12 is the lowest amount a uh, TV season should be. Yeah. Because even, like, even like good shows like Game of Thrones and stuff like that that have, like, really heavy... Those last two episodes of the season are, like, two-hour episodes anyway. They're basically doing 12 episodes over there. Even, um... Like shows that I enjoy that uh, are like twenty episodes long. I'm like, this is too so fucking much. long. Season season five of Arrow. Like, what what are we doing here? I didn't even finish it. it was, I it love just, Arrow, and I have not like I'm so far behind because it's. I look at how long the seasons are. I'm like, well, pff, you, that's daunting. You, you say you're so far behind as if you're ever going to attempt to catch up to season to where we currently are in the Arrowverse. I mean, I might at some point. I don't know. There's a lot of it's a lot of a Damien Dark to try and get through. 
Oh, Damian Dark was the worst. He, he was, was so great bad. on Legends of Tomorrow, though. Yes. Well, every that's that's basically that that brings us around full circle, where everything is not great until it's on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, it's true. Kid Flash not great till he was on Legends. Right. And Constantine, though he was great, was not bisexual until Legends of Tomorrow, and that is that is when he could truly achieve greatness. This is true. Hey, look, we brought it back around to the thing that we were we meant to be talking about. We brought it back around. About. Yeah. Good what are we talking about, about? John Constantine. We are talking about Constantine and not the Dragon Prince, um, in spite of what my intro may have led you to believe. Although I would talk about the Dragon Prince for um, for four more episodes. It was my intro. <laughs> I went on way too long, is what I did. Um, yeah, so we, we're watching Constantine, and for this episode, we have watched episodes, oh goodness, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, which is 5, which is more than normal, because we got a secret, secret special episode coming up. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all, we watched these episodes, like, two weeks ago. And I done did like forgot most of the stuff that happened in them. So I'm Evan, gonna glance at Evan, this. I got I got to stop and just give you credit because you you never fail when it comes to just full transparency with, with our podcast audience. There's there, Look, there is ne- there's never like a peeking behind the curtain because Evans just rips open the curtain and says, "See, see, look what's behind the curtain." Uh, I gotta let them know why I sound like an idiot. I won't just take that on myself. That's fair. That's fair. Uh huh. All right. So as you may recall, or may not, I don't know. But as you may recall from our last episode when we talked about Constantine, episode eight was a cliffhanger and rolled into episode nine. And uh, in episode eight, John had been shot by a nun and left in a sewer to be eaten by a demon thing. And, uh, so he's, uh, bleeding out in the sewer and, um, he deliberately possesses himself with a demon named Pazuzu, which is a real dumb name. (laughs) And, um, like his possession intimidates the other demon enough that he, uh, he gets away, but now he's got a demon in him. So, uh, he's keeps doing weird shit, uh, like... He seems to be accidentally killing people all the time, dismembering people. He'll just wake up in places, and there'll be bodies lying around. Okay, so after um, a series of unsuccessful exorcisms, they finally exorcise that demon out of our good, good boy, John Constantine. Episode 10 is a flashback episode where uh, we get an explanation for why Chaz can't die. So John comes up to Chaz randomly in a bar and lays a little smooch on him and does some weird chanting because he's drunk as shit. And um, then a fire breaks out and a bunch of people die and Chaz survives. And it turns out that John drunkenly accidentally cast a magic on him where um, Chaz reabsorbed all of the life force of the people who died in that fire, which is, like, why he can't die. He's got, like, 30-some-odd, or how many is it? It's 47. 47 lives all in him to blow through, like a cat, but way worse and darker. Something happens to Chaz's daughter, and uh, 
in order to like get help, they uh, go to this evil wizard named Felix uh, Faust, who is a comic book villain. Uh, who he used to be a real shitty wizard, but now with the rising darkness, he's real powerful because he's getting power from it. And Felix uh, keeps like changing the goalposts every time John and Chaz do what he wants. He says, "Oh, you got to do one more thing, or else I'm not gonna help you get your daughter back." And then Chaz is like, hey, I'll give you all of my extra lives. And, you know, deal for my daughter. And the dude is like, alrighty, let's do it. And then Chaz blows himself up and kills him. Kills both of them. But, you know, Chaz comes back. Because that's what he does. In episode 11, so John's got this friend who's like a professor. And some of his students, like, are dabbling in magic like college students do and uh they accidentally get trapped in this weird dream dimension uh where this bad nightmare dude is trying to to kill them all john and like this professor also get trapped in this weird mirror dream dimension uh the the teacher guy can like control it and like mess with reality and stuff and he defeats the weird uh, dream demon thing that's living there. And they save the last student. All the other ones die. And Richie, the, the professor, uh, Richie Simpson is his name. He's like, I don't know. It's kind of nice here. I want to stay in this uh, mirror dream dimension. And John's like, bad idea. And he's like, I don't know. I want to stay. And John's like, bad idea. And he ends up not staying. And it's fine. He comes back to a regular world. In episode 12... There's a doctor who is controlled by a demon who lives in a diamond or something like that. Uh, Manny, the, the angel friend, John's angel friend, John traps him in a human body temporarily, and there are many, many shenanigans that ensue. And the, the most interesting thing about this episode, in my opinion, is that uh, Zed has an MRI, and they find out that she has a brain tumor, and this may well be what's causing her psychic powers, and she's very conflicted about if she wants to have any medical treatment done on this brain tumor, because it might mean that she will lose her psychic powers. There was some other nonsense happening with, uh, like I said, Manny being a human and having some comic relief and stuff, and uh, this doctor who's, like, killing people because he's evil. But that was the, the most interesting part of this one. Uh, episode 13 is very unsettling. Uh, there's three young girls who, uh, like, try to lure a fourth young girl to, like, get child married to this weird old hillbilly man. Uh, and, like, it's revealed fairly early on that the the three young girls are, like, ghosts or spirits or something, and they're using some, like, hypnotic power to, like, lure this girl in uh, so that this dude can kill and marry her. Um, and, of course, uh, John and Zed have to do something about this situation. They team up with their boy Jim Corrigan, who's uh, from the comics. Who is he in the comics, Andy? He is the Spectre. Yeah, and we except get another hint of him becoming the Spectre. He's not the Spectre yet. He's just a regular like detective or whatever. Um, yeah, so 
John and Zed and Jim are trying to stop this um, weird child bride man. And then the secondary plot here is that Papa Midnight is sending zombies after John because there's, like, a bounty on him now. Oh, uh, and the big twist at the end of this one is that Manny, the angel who's been John's buddy and helping him around along with stuff up to this point, turns out he's in charge of the evil... Uh, the this whole rising darkness subplot that's been going on the the purveyors of this terrible darkness thing that's causing everything to go bad the brujeria he's like in charge of them and he's been bad this whole time and I guess he's a fallen angel. Dun dun da dun dun da done. That's the entire season. That's the whole thing. I'm sorry that was very bad, Ronnie. You're going to have to no. do a lot of editing in there. I don't, don't edit a single piece, I, Ronnie. Leave even it all the long in. silences where I was just reading Wikipedia. Don't, Evan, don't take Evan them will out. Suffer. Evan will suffer. All right. So that is the entire series of Constantine. Of course, we get Constantine coming back a little bit as a character. Uh, in Legends of Tomorrow, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Constantine, and we're here to talk about uh, these five episodes. Uh, Andy? Yeah? These final five episodes of NBC's Constantine, did they work for you? Eh, they were okay. Okay. <laughs> that's Fair Andy's enough. doing that thing again. Andy's He's- doing that thing. Yep. So like yeah. I, I liked I liked some of them and I disliked some of them and I liked parts of some of them and I disliked parts of some of them so they were okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah, they weren't. Um, I don't think they were as good as the um, second chunk of episodes that we covered. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there were some good parts. That's fair. That's there fair. Were some bad Ed. parts. Evan. There were some good and some bad. And there was. <laughs> There were some parts that were okay, and there were some parts that were not okay. Andy, if there's one... And there were some bits that I really loved, and there were some bits that I really didn't love. Andy, if there's one thing that Matt Ryan's uh, actor brother, Matt Smith, taught me, it's that life is a plate full of good things and bad things, and, and the good things don't remove the bad things, but the bad things don't make the good things any less good. It was on the Van Gogh episode of, of Doctor Who. Uh, oh, uh- I, I, I know that episode very well. Okay. Yes, you do. Yes. And it's I not a plate. It's a pile. Pile. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, should I not, forgive you. I should not have even. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Evan, please, pull, please get, pull this ripcord for me. <laughs> um, These five episodes, uh, did they work for you? Um, yeah. I, I do agree with Andy, though. I don't think they were as strong as the previous five, which is kind of a shame because I was like gung-ho into this series. I, I certainly don't think they were bad, but I do. Th- I will further excuse myself by saying I think part of the reason I don't have as distinct of a memory of what happened in these episodes is uh, just because the, the writing was not as clean and as tight and as evocative. So they were okay. They I'll give them a they worked, but um, I'm I'm a little I'm a little bit let down. Hey Ronnie. Hey yeah. Did these five final episodes that ever were or ever will be of of Constantine, did they work for you? I have to say no. That's fair. Uh, they, I respect that. I, I, I think that I 
you know, the spookiness was so intense in the first three episodes that we watched. And then in those next five, it was so well written and still spooky. But like, you know, those those stories that we talked about that were so, so intense and so grounding and, and, and character building for Constantine. And these last five were just super disappointing for me. I don't, it, it could be, I mean, the show was meant to be watched in this order, so it's not as if, you know, anything's out of the ordinary here, but, you know, they, I really got hyped up to be let way, way down, I feel like, and and there are some episodes that I didn't hate, but there's enough episodes that I just didn't like at all, that it just, nah, didn't didn't cut it for me, but uh, we can we can get into that a little bit later. But uh, for now, let's talk about the uh, the things that did work for us. Let's talk about those things that made these five episodes really special. And the floor's open. Let's let's uh, let's chat it out. Hmm. Um, I love that John gave Chaz a little smooch. I loved it. Loved it a lot. I I really liked how John got out of the gunshot wound situation and away from the scary hellhound thing. I thought letting himself get possessed while, like, a really dumb move, it did save his life. And I like that the rest of the episode was then trying to figure out how do we get John unpossessed. I agree with you. I like that turn. Um, I think they really underutilized it, though. So I was... I was not going to mention it because I, I knew I wouldn't be able to stop myself from segueing into negatives. Well, um, I'll mention it as a positive because I thought that was a clever um, bit of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they capitalized on it enough, you know, that we can talk about in negatives. But I thought that was that was a, a good a good John Constantine trick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, that episode was definitely the strongest for me out of these uh, out of these five. Um, the continuation and the middle was kind of murky and we'll get it. Uh, I don't know that I'll talk about that later, but, but just like the, the beginning kind of him pulling himself out of that situation. And then kind of, you know, I know that you've said Andy, that, that John Constantine is not really much of an exorcist truly in the nature of the comics. Um, but seeing like an exorcism like that, that was, I feel like maybe well done. I don't know. I don't like a lot of scary movies, so I haven't. I don't know that I've seen that many exorcisms in media, uh, but I, I I think it it was a, a strong episode. Um, I touched on this a little bit, but I love the bit where um, Zed gets gets diagnosed with a brain tumor and uh, is not sure if that's what's causing her psychic powers or not. I just think that's really interesting and compelling from a character perspective because mm-hmm. she, I, I do think it was dumb that she didn't even get a biopsy done. Cause like, uh, I mean, maybe like if it's cancer, that's not worth having psychic powers, but um, she, it, it does raise an interesting point because like being a psychic was so integral to who she is as a person and to, her identity as an artist and to all the relationships she currently has and all of that, that to think that it's just because of some shit in your brain that probably needs to be removed is a little bit 
unsettling and disturbing. And in her position, if I didn't think the brain tumor was going to kill me, uh, I would probably do what she did and opt not to have it removed. So that was probably the most interesting part of that episode, and it's kind of a shame that it got distracted from by the rest of the plot. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because at this point we know that Zed is a messiah-like character for some kind of cult religion, mm-hmm. um, and they and this cult religion has constantly be, been hunting her. And so, like, you know, maybe she's got on top of wanting to do good with these visions, maybe she's got a little bit of just like, I'm tired of running death wish kind of thing too. So like it, almost like a, um, like a Will Smith. Who's Will Smith in, uh, I, this is the worst way I could ask this question. Will Smith in, in, uh, suicide squad is dead shot, dead, dead shot. a little bit of a dead shot vibe where, you know, is, is willing to do some some more outside-the-box things just because they are, you know, giving up on some aspects of, of living. I, um, I loved that in one of the episodes, I forget which one, but the mirror that's out of time, we've mentioned how much we like that, like, weird prop before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's out of time and showing Gary in the hideout. And Gary is the friend that John had to sacrifice in the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And John being haunted by that. Really, really good shit right there. That was some good meaty man pain. Well done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like John and Richie together too. I didn't love the episode with the weird dream universe or whatever the fuck yeah. was going on there. But just John and Richie together is, is good shit. Yeah, we haven't seen Richie since I think the first episode, but uh, it was great having him back with John. And uh, I love that all of John's old friends, except for Chaz, hate his guts. <laughs> it does. It does. And, and um, maybe I'll save that for for a bit of a what didn't work kind of thing. Um, the uh, episode twelve. Uh, Manny got an angel blowjob. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm saying that as, like, a good thing because, like, this show just has those moments where it goes very horny and, and that's fun. But this was a weird, <laughs> a weird choice. That was, yeah, real strange. That, I, uh, hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. I didn't care for that entire episode. I, I didn't either. No. Except, no. except the bit with Zed's brain tumor. I don't know why they didn't focus on that for the whole episode. Um, I'll say this. Uh, I loved the trickster demon who uh, they went with the Jewish folklore for the serpent in the garden. Instead of the Christian one, they said, you know, the serpent is his own distinct character um, rather than being the devil. Um, I still don't know if it, you know, making him a demon, I don't know if that's quite what uh, Jewish folklore would do, but they, they said it's not Satan, and I'll, I'll take that as a, as a win. Uh, I thought it was an utter shame that he died fucking immediately. What a waste of a great character, but seeing him be all them snakes was cool. For sure. Um, at one point during episode 12, 
uh, Constantine lights a cigarette with a church candle, and that is just like put it on put it on the movie cup, put it on the box. That yeah, is that the good. most Johnny Connie thing you can ever do. <laughs> Um, I like that episode 13 gave us a human villain who, um, I mean, was real creepy and real bizarre, but I, I like that it was, you know, like just a straight up, a, a, a bad dude. It wasn't a demon. It wasn't a vampire. It wasn't a ghost. It was just a dude who's real fucked up. Yeah. Um, I thought the cinematography on episode, uh, 12, no, 11, where they're in the spooky house, spooky dream house. I thought that was like shot well, and it was like an interesting concept. Um, I agree with you though, Andy, it just, it did not capitalize on it. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how they could have. But like the the pitch itself of just like you know we're in it I, I I joked about it at the beginning but it definitely it very much reminded me of like a Poe how fall of the House of Usher kind of thing like even especially like when the house collapses after the guy dies kind of thing it rang really true to that but it's like that text exists I don't know if they were intending to you know mirror that but like go with some of the allegories from that like. It, it's already there. It's 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 written for you. Like, do something with it other than just like it's the it's the most dangerous game. I'm gonna hunt you through my house. <laughs> I loved the twist with Manny. Probably like my my biggest complaint about like the show tonally is that John being a bitch for an angel just felt wrong. And so the, the big twist that, no, Manny's evil and Manny's manipulating everything. I dig that. I dig that very much. I just don't know how they do it. Like, how do they, like, I, there's just been so much that's gone on that's, like, tr- made, like, intentionally tried to endear Manny to the audience as a character, as, like, a, as like the, the, the truest good guy I just don't know how in season two they would have kind of flipped the script to, you know, justify all that. Yeah, I don't know, but I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they had some kind of a plan. Um, Maybe he'll be the main villain in a Legends of Tomorrow season. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean... The characters are still like the actors are still killing it. Matt Ryan's still Except killing it. Chaz. Zed's still killing it. Ch- huh? Chaz was very bad in his solo episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got to agree. Ch- I mean, he, he was can... fine the rest of the time, but his the one episode that was all about him, he was awful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We we and and maybe this is like our jumping off point to get into what didn't work. Um, I have. Something I want to do real quick before that. But before we even do that, why don't we take a quick break? And uh, and we can talk about our uh, our good friends at Lunar Light Studio. 
Our good friends at Lunar Life Studio. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about it. Uh, great podcast network uh, that we are a part of. Um, Full of queers. Yes, yes. Focused on on queer folks, uh, marginalized communities, uh, women. It, it, it's all awesome people. There's so many times where I start a new podcast and it's like, I've heard this is good. These people are funny. And then, like, I'll hear some kind of, like, an off-color joke or something where it's, like, super problematic. And it's like, oh, I'm mad that I found this funny and that I wasted 40 minutes or, heaven forbid, like, a couple of episodes worth of listening. You don't got to worry about that at Lunar Life Studio. You know? Yeah. We are all good people who all care about uh, marginalized groups and non-majority voices and things like that. We don't punch down. Yeah. I had no. to, I, I feel you, Ronnie. I had to stop listening to Sword and Scale because the dude who does that had some problematic opinions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's always a thing where you're like, maybe they've addressed it, maybe I can go back to it, but it's like, why waste my time when there are actual good creators out there like the creators at Lunar Light Studio? Yeah, also we make great podcasts. It's not just an ideological thing. We yeah. also we're also over here producing good podcasts. Cryptid Keeper. Um I can't get enough of Cryptid Keeper. Advertising. Those good good girls. So fucking advertising. Into bad advertising. Is quite it's good. So it's so bizarre and weird and quirky and it's it's very good. We it have makes me a, laugh all the time. We have a new podcast on the network, uh very new. Uh, artificial ghost radio. What the fuck uh, is that about? I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm so intrigued. I'm literally like behind the scenes, and I like I read the like I saw the notice that it was coming. I'm like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is that? What a great name! It's host Miles and Mars, um, and they go through kind of pop culture, through nostalgia, through music, and just talk about. They, they deep dive into the airwaves and talk about queerness, identity, love, nostalgia, and what they think makes music so very special. So they, they you know, a, a couple of episodes they've, they've put out are about music that, that really affected them in their youth and stuff like that. And so they, they go through all of that kind of content and, and they're just terrific. They're terrific hosts and they're super fun to listen to. Awesome dynamic between the two of them. Uh, so, and they're new to our network, so go give them a, a, a warm hello, and welcome to Lunar Light Studio. That's Artificial Ghost Radio. Yeah, gotta give them a try. Yep. Um, and also, make sure that you check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lunarlighthq. Uh, good content. You got some uh, some outtakes coming up from the uh, Ending Pending family. And, um, you know, maybe we'll get together and shoot a video soon. That would be a fun thing to put up there. I've got some cursed images on my computer that I am very excited to uh, get the reaction from Andy and Evan on. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep, yep. You you, you don't remember, and I don't remember why, but you asked for it, so we're going to do it. So, uh, as always, definitely check out patreon.com uh, slash LunarLightHQ and LunarLightStudio.com. All right. So, my friends, 
Everybody stop. This is our 50th episode, and I just remembered that. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. We did 50 episodes. We did 50 episodes. Oh, boy. Is this counting the special ones or not counting the special ones? Not counting the special ones. This is the- This uh, is our the 50th, in- our 50th standard, basic, regular, ordinary Swedish mealtime episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Congrats, guys. Well High done, guys. I high-fived Ronnie through the screen. Uh, That's what you heard. Uh, I I lied, but... (laughs) Congrats, friends. Congrats, friends. And in honor honor of these 50 episodes, let's think of 50 things that were not great about these last five episodes. I I won't have any problem. I can pull out at least that many. Uh, I can definitely do it. My first one was extra disappointing because uh, this is what I was referencing when Andy brought it up, but uh, I thought John possessing himself with a demon was a great idea because it was, first of all, desperate and sloppy and exactly the sort of thing that John Constantine would do. And second of all, uh, dramatic because like this has been the whole conceit of the rest of the show is John getting demons out of other people or other things and like, oh shit, how the turntables... Uh, it was, it was an excellent, it was an excellent setup, but the first disappointment was in the visual execution of it. I just felt like there was not enough emotional weight place on the moment where he got possessed. Like you barely realized he's got, he'd gotten possessed until he like referenced it later. He just did like a, like a growly Mm -hmm. face at the demon that was coming after it, after him. And the demon turned and ran away, and then John's just like, "Well, I guess uh, I feel better. Time to get out of the sewer now." And yeah. he, it just—he just did a face. Like there was no, there was no introspection. There was, there was nothing visually compelling about that scene, which was just a bummer. And then, uh, honestly. John waking up to have realized that he's killed people could have been a through line for the rest of this, like for the rest of the season. I think that would have been cool. It should have taken them more episodes than this to figure out how to unpossess him because this was a real heckin' powerful demon and he's the guy who exorcises people in this small microcosm of a universe that we are living in currently. So uh, I was disappointed by how they executed it, and I was disappointed by how quickly they resolved it, and uh, just generally the the pacing and the writing of that episode was a little bit uh, sloppy. It was not a real tight, well-put-together episode, and I think that was a problem with some other episodes, but that one, it bothered me most because the setup was so good. Episode 10, um, this is the whole Chaz's backstory. I know we talked about... Last episode about like Chaz and how Chaz like might be wearing thin and might need a new narrative plot device. I I did not. I realized after watching this, I did not want Chaz's backstory. It, it's it's one of it's one of those things where like Chaz can can live forever, and that is plenty weird and does not need to be really exp- explained to me. I'm okay with it. Like I I liked um. John dealing with a wizard who's more powerful than him. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought that could have been really interesting. But we didn't get a wizard battle. I don't think John battles a wizard the entire time 
you know, he's on that show. And what a what an absolute shame. Yeah. I, I didn't really understand much why anything was happening in that episode. Like, I, I, like I, if I intuit enough, I can, like, figure out why things are, like, why the spirits of these people are being taken and why they have to tra- hunt down this, like, scary dinosaur demon thing. Um, but, like, it all just felt so, like... We have to explain why Chaz can live forever, and we have to have Chaz bond with his family. So here's how we're gonna do it, and it's just like yeah. I don't, Did, I don't care. I, uh, I loved that we had John Strongarm, another person in the supernatural community, into helping him, and that person immediately fucking died. Yup, that was and, actually uh, pretty good. That was excellent, and again, it makes sense why no one wants to be John's friend. Because John gets people brutally murdered. But besides that, the rest of this episode, not all that great. I did not care about Chaz's daughter. I did not care about Chaz's wife. I did not um, necessarily need an explanation for Chaz's weird life situation thing. Regeneration. Um, And just the guy who plays Chaz, I don't know if he just hated this script or something or was having a rough week. But this is his worst episode and it should have been his best. Yeah, I I would have liked to see a Chaz episode, but not this, not not like this, not this way. No, I th- I think why Chaz like works in the rest of the series is because he's just so you know he cares a lot about John. He's gonna do what he has to do for John, but he's not gonna die at the end of the episode, and he knows that, and so he has this kind of like coolness, this kind of like chill. Just yeah, you know, he's he's a burly guy who can who can throw a punch but at the same time he's like he doesn't care if he gets punched back he's just like whatever like this puts him in a position where he has to like care a lot and and be very overly emotional it's just like this is not this is not the character that we've enjoyed and and this turn is just kind of like out of nowhere that was very well said ronnie yeah you put the finger on it it's it just and and it would be i think what would make it good was if he took John's advice and and just was kind of like, hey, stay here with your with your wife. And he just said, okay, and left it. But like I wrote in my notes, in universe and narratively, it makes no sense for Chaz to be like a part of this investigation. Like it's 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 it weighs it down. It's boring. He's he's like pulls the whole show back a couple beats. And like you can't like it's 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 it, it just the whole it fell apart for me. I, I wrote in my notes that it was I was and they capped it off at the end with talking about John's mom again. And I was and I was like, it's a good it was it was at least good of them to fit like the worst shit into this one hour because it just makes it like an easily skippable episode. Um, moving on to episode eleven. Um, again, I love Richie. I love getting Richie back. Uh, I think Richie is a really great character, and seeing him and John together is always good. I did not care about his students. His students were dumb. I, I yeah. didn't. I didn't think anything they did was uh, worthwhile. I don't think they really had any sort of motivation to be doing what they were doing, other than that they're like dumb college kids. And um, I I didn't necessarily find the like villain super compelling or interesting. He was just like a sociopath who made a dream dimension or mm-hmm. something, and he tortures people there. 
Yeah, I this my biggest problem with this one is just that it felt very like incongruous with the rest of what was going on. It felt kind of out of nowhere, and many of the episodes have been episodic, but they sort of match the same tone. They sort of follow the same formula, and they have the same cast of characters drifting in and out. This one felt a little off. Um, like, it didn't feel like it had anything to do with anything else happening in in the world. And um, also, like, Richie kind of came out... Like, we, we've seen Richie before, but he featured so prominently in this episode after being absent for a good long while. So, like, I just didn't quite get what it was doing or what it had to do with... Like, this is episode 11. We're in the end game now. We should right. be ramping up to something important and climactic. And I thought that uh, what happened in episode 9 with John being possessed would have been still carrying on here, leading up to the climactic whatever was going on. But this is just like we took a detour for some reason. Yeah, I, I think especially Richie could have solved this on his own. Yep. Like, John talks Richie into going into the dream world, and then John gives Richie, like, a pep talk in the dream world, and Richie solves it by himself. The entire time, John is uh, unable to affect the dream world. Like, John can't do anything. So, like, why is John there? It Yeah. The, the, bringing Richie back should have been about something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it shouldn't have been Richie's story. It still should have been about John ramping up. Right. To uh to the end game, um. Well, the whole end of the episode is all about like Richie becomes like way more confident and and maybe the person he was before the events of Newcastle where they were all there, but like I don't really care about that and I don't know that I want that like that that takes Richie out of this like strange conspiracy theory very paranoid character that like he is and like like. At this point, we have no reason to revisit him. Like he's he's he is cured, for lack of a better term. Like yeah, yeah. And in this episode, there's like a lot of like about the darkness. They talk about the rising darkness a lot, but like the darkness comes up a lot in this episode, and it's very ill defined. And I don't think that's a good thing. Like again, as we were saying, like by this end this point of the season, we should at least know what the big bad is. We should have, like, a better idea than just the word brujeria. Yeah. Um, episode 12. I hated this episode. Yeah. Uh, what even happened in this episode? Yeah, this, this the one was with very... The evil con- rock? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The black yeah. diamond thing. The, t- I, was it a demon? Was it just a bad rock? It's just an evil rock. Just a bad rock. It's an evil I rock. Kept, I said in my synopsis that it was a demon because I assumed it was, but I guess it's just a bad rock. If One of the hope? crystal gems went rogue. I don't know anything about the crystal gems. It's, it's like the red kryptonite ring, except instead of making Clark Kent super horny, it makes you kill people? Yeah, it makes... Uh, there's something to, like, killing people who, like, gave up their second chance. But it's like a morality play in the way that Constantine I, hasn't been to this point, and I don't really feel like it should be. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a bad episode. These are all like, all three of these, these, these like middle ones have been like bottle episodes 
but without like the virtues of a bottle episode where it's like you still spent lots of money on like all these special effects for the weird dream house and shooting in a hospital and all this stuff was just like you just you're just playing house for no reason you're just not you're not taking on the virtues of, of what this could be I don't know yeah just the whole and the and the whole Manny plot point where he like like he very clearly says like Manny's like I can't use my angel powers if I'm in a human body and John's like well didn't think about that and it's like well then he's useless like this was a bad plan John you did a bad job and then at the end it's like oh I could have turned it back the whole time and it's like you could because you should have because you were hunting a demon and he could have helped you as an angel it was, yeah, I don't it know. It didn't make I, any I did sense. Not, it didn't make like any it. sense at all. Not good. Also, just Evil Rock is not a good villain. No. Again, especially no. with, like, all this set up with... My, my biggest negative of these five episodes is the where we had left off previous chunk of ending pending, Zed was revealed to be this messiah for some weird cult shit. And, um, was, like, being chased by them and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's super interesting that, like, there's these people out there that think Zed is some sort of messiah, and they want her back. That's gonna be, I bet that's gonna come up a lot in the next chunk, and I'm really interested to see where that goes, because Zed has been boring up to this point. They don't fucking touch on it again. Like, at all. Babe, you gotta stop looking at that. It's super distracting. Um, and like, what is, what is the point of bringing up this weird plot for Zed and then not doing anything with it? Like Constantine, I don't even think asks about the bodies in his fucking house from when Zed killed these people. He Zed, it's clear that Zed at least shares with Constantine that like who, what has happened and who she is or who this group thinks she is. Which is good because, like, it would be so annoying if it was like, oh, I don't know, I, 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 I might be a messiah. It's just like it, it's gotta that, keep that's a my good secrets from all my friends, right, like I do. Right. It is just straightforward. Like, here's what's going on because you're clearly one of the only people I can trust to fix this. But they don't go back to it, so it doesn't matter that he knows or doesn't yeah. know. Um. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Which, like, this is the the best argument for, like, shoot your shot. Don't, like, save anything up for season two. Clearly, that is, like, no shows on our on our podcast should ever do that because they didn't have the chance. But, like, at least some of the shows we watch, like, you know, they they emptied their bag. They, they got everything out there. And this show just, like, clearly was holding so, so, so much back, thinking they'd have an opportunity to share it. And, of course, they didn't. Nope. Um, episode 13. For me, it was, you know, the stakes were just really low mm-hmm. for a finale. Um, yeah. And, you know, if we take out the uh, fact that these girls that are bringing this new child bride to the creepy Satanist, then it's just like a pretty run of the mill SVU episode. Like I, I appreciate that it was like real and it was grounded, but 
I wanted more for like the last episode of the season. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe like having it be like real, it like reflects like the, the, you know, we're, we're trying to fight the demons, but this, the rising darkness is affecting even, even the, the humans that live on, live on earth. Like maybe there was some of it there, but I just, it, you know, it felt weak. It felt really lackluster to me. It, it felt a little, uh, satanic panic. Yeah. With the whole thing. Like it felt very like eighties mm-hmm. in that, like, I don't know. Satanists aren't like that. They're, for the most part, real chill. Yeah. And then, um, also, like, I don't know if in my, like, comic book, like, horror fantasy show, I want, like, a pedophile who, like, targets young women. Yeah. Like, there's fucking enough of that shit in the real world. I don't know if I'd, like, want that in my, like, 45 minute, like, oh, I want to watch a you know, my comic book show. Yeah. And, like, I, I know the, the comic with, you know, Constantine is real dark and shit, but I don't know. I don't think I needed that in, in the show. Um, I think it would have been, like, less distasteful if it meant more to the plot. Mm-hmm. You know, it. this was another one that kind of felt out of nowhere. It was just like, okay, who's this dude? What's the, what, what's this got to do with anything? Um, like the, the thing where John had to kill his friend, that was also real fucking dark, but it said something about John's character and about the tone of the show. It was very, very early on and like how John reacted to that also showed us something about who John is as a person. And it told us about his backstory and, uh, like his past and his regrets and things like that. So it was, uh, like, very dark and very edgy and dealt with some heavy themes. But it also was, um, it wasn't just there there for, like, shock value. Uh, yeah. And I feel like this didn't tell us anything about anything. It was just like, oh, look, a, a creepy, weird pedophile. There he is. Yeah. He's, he's in the show now. Right. Yeah, he was not connected to the Brujeria or the Rising Darkness or right. Right. Zed's cult. Like... It was, oh, well, let's throw Satanists under the bus, because that's right. easy, and we, we can put some spooky shit around. And you know what? How do we make it more scary? Oh, he fucks little girls. Like, what? Why? Why is this? Yeah. Well, I, don't, like, I don't want this in my, my show. And like, even, like, even like you said, Andy, we realize, or, or Evan, we realize very early on what, what the whole gist of everything is. Like within the first scene, we realize these girls are dead, and they're taking them back to somebody who's killing them. Like, all right, and now it's just a mad dash to see like who can, if Constantine could get to the girl before she's dead. And it's like that's where it's like this is, this is a, just like a, a special victims unit episode. This is just Law and Order. Like, what are we? Why are we? Why are we doing this in this magical world? I looked over at Evan, like, maybe ten minutes into this episode, and was like, this was written by a man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the girl who's, like, kidnapped, who, like, she willingly goes with them, and it's not revealed, like, for a little bit that, you know, she's maybe being, like, hypnotized or something, but she just goes with these creepy, like, girls who are, like, 
yeah, you can be your sister or wife or whatever. And I'm like, this is written by a dude because no woman would write that where that girl does not run the fuck away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, there's... Even if, like, the guy, like, the fact that it's, like, Satan, that it's specifically worshiping Satan, like, is just so, like, I know that, like, the first of the fallen has been brought up before and stuff like that, but have this guy worshiping, like, a very specific demon, and then have that demon, like, come up, because that's a thing that can happen in the world of Constantine, and this guy's like, oh, I didn't know I could do that, and then, like, John has to fight a demon, like, just something like I, maybe that's like too like shimmery shiny for like a final or stuff like that too spectacular. But like just like that would at least make it make sense to being a part of this show. I don't know. The only other thing, <sighs> that, the only other thing that I had was that as we meet Gary and as we meet um, the professor, forget his name, um, Richie, Richie and. Uh, Anna Maria, like, this is beginning to feel like, okay, well, just tell me the story of Newcastle then, because that sounds pretty cool. Like, having all these people together and, and like, tell, like, tell me the lead up to that, because we keep referencing it, and that's clearly what is on Constantine's mind the whole time. Like, it, it gets a little, like, like, this is, like, a sequel to that. And it's like, I don't know anything about that, but it sounds like, at least leading up to it before John, you had a, you know, child dragged to hell. Sounds like it might've been a, a cool time to watch. So like, maybe just, maybe just show me that. I'm more interested in that than, than going into like a, a dreamscape house with a, with a murderous hunter or something. Womp womp. So now we have watched 13 episodes of NBC's Constantine. The spooky number. The spooky number, because it's a spooky show. Um, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These 13 spooky episodes of Constantine. Uh, did they work for you? You know, what they did for me was make me want to read, um, Hellblazer. Hellblazer. Sorry. I was there. I was. I was gonna say okay. it right, Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I love you. I love you too. Yay. They made me want to read Hellblazer, so um, they made me very interested in the character of John Constantine. And uh, I had seen other stuff with John Constantine and not been quite so interested before, even though that stuff was better in certain ways. So I'm gonna say that it worked. Um, there was definitely some not great stuff in it, um, but it was up my alley. It was my kind of genre, um, and I have very, very good memories of the really good bits in it. So I'm going to say, yes, it worked for me. Andy. That's me. That is you. 13 whole episodes we watched of Constantine in a very short period of time. Um, did these 13 episodes work for you? They did. Uh, Matt Ryan is the best Constantine we've, uh, we've ever had and the closest to the comic. And I'm glad this show exists. Um, even though there's some problematic shit and we, we've talked about that, but 
yeah, I'm still going to say it worked for me and that I enjoyed myself. Hey, hey Ronnie. Ronnie. Oh, that was that was in harmony. Uh, that was so yeah, cute. That, that's me. Did it work for you? I say as I yawn. As you yawn. Um, Some great audio there. Yeah. I, so, as we think about the problematic shit, as we think about how NBC kind of tried to make this show something it wasn't in its early stages and kind of let the cat out of the bag a little too late, as we think about, you know, this show building up a lot of hype and then just completely failing to capitalize on any of it and not even mentioning the fact that this very canon bisexual character was not allowed to be that. I'm going to say that it did not work for me. So much potential. Controversial opinion. Yeah. that's So much potential. And it's like, I, I do love those episodes where the, the the Gary episode, even like the the record episode, like there were there was good moments, but they just didn't lead to anything. And and it's gotta like you gotta get there before season two. And they just had no no urgency to seem like they even wanted to get there. And so I'm just I, I'm nah, nah. I I, I I don't know if I could see why it got cancelled because you know, I wanna see more of this. But season one as its own thing didn't didn't cut it. I uh, I don't agree with you hundred percent, but I respect you, Ronnie. That's I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Uh, so you've let us down, Johnny Connie. You did not Johnny Connie, not Johnny Connie, nor Matt Ryan. If we're if we're equating those two or or not. It not and not the uh, Johnny Connie that has been seen by Alan Moore and and all the other writers of uh, of Constantine, not the, not the cryptid that is John Constantine. You haven't let us down, <laughs> but this particular show. Um, but there is there is a chance for redemption. There is a chance for John Constantine redemption in the writing rooms of Ending Pending, and uh, and we can we can sit right here. And uh, figure out what would be season two of Constantine. Mm. Who wants? Who wants to take this one? Who wants to take this one on first? So I think what I would do for season two is I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, maybe have the possession of John by Pazuzu mean more. Or maybe have Pazuzu being like the head of the Rising Darkness or the Brujeria or whatever. Like maybe that's who Manny's been working for. And John learned a bunch from having Pazuzu inside him. And Pazuzu learned a bunch about John and the good guys from being inside John. And uh, really trying to like raise the stakes there. And I think I would also... Um, have some uh, I'd kill off Zed. Hmm. You know, fr- you're gonna fridge a female character. I wouldn't fridge her because I feel like she has had her um, her moment. Like I feel like fridging is when you kill off a female character when she's only been set dressing. That's so fair. I don't think it would necessarily fit the definition of fridging. 
but I think I would have her sacrifice herself to like defeat her cult or something like the show just hasn't known what to do with her and she hasn't fucking done anything and I don't think her and John have chemistry mm-hmm. so like I'd get rid of her and bring in uh Zatanna sure like bring in or um oh shit I'm blanking on her name but there's there's other like cool women in the the like DC supernatural universe mm-hmm uh, so I would maybe try and bring in one of them uh, as a more compelling uh, side character to John. I just don't like Zed. So I'd, I'd wrap that storyline up really quickly. Because uh, it's just been lingering and not going anywhere. Yeah. Do you have a pitch, Ronnie? I think I feel like I agree with you, Andy, that... that the Zed storyline isn't going anywhere and we've seen how, you know, as much as I love Chaz, Chaz is just kind of on his own, not very appealing and starting to kind of show the weight of, you know, the narrative that he encompasses. I feel like Constantine's got to go it alone for a bit and, you know, maybe Manny is still there, but as we already know, Manny is not like on John's side. Is not like trying to do the best thing for John or for the for for the world. And you know, we have just this kind of like maybe a shorter season of John just kind of like having demons pop up, having angels pop up, and him kind of just figuring out what he wants to do after after Newcastle, after all the loss he's faced this season, like does, does, is this a thing John really wants to continue doing or is he better served just kind of disappearing and, 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 you know, being away from the trouble that he seems to bring with him. Um, there, there's an interesting part. One of the, the major interesting parts I think of episode nine is where Manny appears after John has like taken the demon inside of him, has like possessed himself. And Manny's like, I've been here the whole time. Like you could have like, you went to hell when you could have asked heaven for help. And it makes sense why Constantine would maybe rather go to that place than ask Manny for that kind of a favor. But it is an interesting point of like, you are have like a direct connection to heaven and you're still so rooted in hell like and and constantly just kind of wandering the wilderness trying to figure out what that means and how he you know rectifies with that so kind of and maybe maybe you know he, he bumps in a swamp thing and then and, and you know because he's oh, in the, i'd he's, love swamp thing he's in the middle of nowhere and and and, and you know he's a little bit of comic relief a little bit of just like you know trying to fight him and swamp things just kind of like uh i'll bat you around for a little bit and it's it's fun times, and he's, he's he kind of tries to having had this experience with Zed, he's like, ah, I'm working alone, and Swamp Thing's like, ah, I'm gonna just look, tag along for a bit. I don't know anything about Swamp Thing. I don't know if he's as like bumbling and hapless as a character as I'm making him, but that's what I've decided. No, he's grumpy. He's grumpy. Oh, interesting, interesting. But yeah, that's my pitch. All right, I got one. Uh, my first, my first suggestion 
would be uh, more stuff from the comics. Because if that one one story was any indication, uh, the comics got it right. Also, Imagine like, that. Longest running comics series ever, potentially, is what Andy said, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so, more stuff from the comics, darker stuff, and don't give John a sidekick. Uh, maybe have associates that he runs into and solicits help from every now and then. But I don't like, uh, this thing where he has, like, a, a lady sidekick hanging around and Chaz hanging around all the time. Uh, I want him out there feeling lonely and isolated, like, doing the shit he's gotta do. Also, uh, fewer demons, specifically. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, demons get a little bit old after a sure. while. Give me some interesting, weird... He's got all this weird magic, and that was something I loved about this season. He's got all these weird, magical things that he can do with weird components and that have weird effects. So, uh, less demon stuff, more generalized supernatural stuff. Um... Don't know what exactly, but make him uh, have to consult some other people as well. Make him have to consult some, like, cultural experts to know what a given thing is. Because uh, he's kind of a bumbling idiot. And this is how you can bring in your secondary supporting characters that he gets advice and help from every now and then. But, in general, have him be very much a free agent without sidekicks hanging around. I think it'll help a lot. Yeah. So we have uh uh stick to the script. Keep keeping keeping with the comic lore. We've got we got kind of two lone wolf bitches um but uh call mine like lone wolf plus swamp thing sometimes. And uh lone wolf and swamp thing. Lone wolf and swamp thing. And uh Andy's Andy's <laughs> pitch of just get rid of Zed and have a uh, a little bit of a Pazuzu channel to John. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I would really have liked to say, like, reuse that self-possession thing and do it better, but you can't just do that. Sure you can. There's no rules. This is the Wild West at NBC. But it's like... But, yeah, they can totally redo the demon shit. It was weird. Yeah. It was very weird. I love weird. So, next week, we will have a very special episode. You are going to want to stay tuned for that one. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about some of the monsters that uh, have been on Constantine, the uh, monsters, monster-adjacent folks. And uh, we'll be talking about with some very special guests who are way more versed in the topic than we are. So, uh, yeah, keep yeah, it, keep it tuned. Um, it's going to be fun. Wanted to chime in with a iTunes review that we got. <gasps> oh, boy. Uh, iTunes review. Uh, it's called Long Time Listener with a Long Overdue iTunes Review. Oh, about fucking time, Long Time Listener, but I'm so happy you're here now. This one is from T at All Seen I. I know who this This is Taylor at the All Seen Eye, host of the podcast Build a Band. Uh, it's a podcast that uh, uh, f- 
suggestions from Ending Pending on Twitter have uh, been featured on multiple times. It's a good podcast. It's a lot of fun. Very funny. Uh, five stars. Are you tired of criticism for criticism's sake? I know I was. Then I found the Ending Pending podcast. These fine, funny folks have plenty of insightful things to say about good and bad TV shows alike. But refreshingly, you get the feeling they actually like to like things. It's a smart, savvy show with space for shenanigans. What more could you want? We do like to like things. We do do. like to like things. If I don't I, like most things, but I wish I did. Yeah, and I, I love everything, and clearly <laughs> except Constantine. <laughs> if I write a book about ending pending, I'm going to put that review on the cover. There you oh. go. That was very well said. That, that made was, my day. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor is a uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, podcaster in his own right, and uh, we are very happy. He was he was letting me know. He said that we are crushing it lately. So we are very oh, thankful shucks. for sticking oh, yeah. with us. And uh, and and thanks for that. Everyone go check out Build a Band. Check out the All Seeing Eye. Um, All Seeing Eye saw the way into my heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. But also, now the bar has been set for 2019 iTunes reviews. Get out there and 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 show us show us what you're made of on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at pending pod, follow us on Facebook at pending pod on Instagram at ending pending, uh, and send us emails, pending pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Love to hear do, from all, you. do all the shit. Do all the shit. Talk to us. We're so lonely. We are. We're sad and lonely. Just like Constantine will be in ep- in season two of Constantine. <laughs> um, but, no matter what Constantine's doing in season two, there's one person who just who can't be in the loop. We can't tell him. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell him. Don't t- Pawn Shop Lou is gonna ruin everything for Constantine. Don't fucking tell him. Don't he's worse than he's worse than Swamp Thing. He's just gonna be following him around the whole time. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. 